Gonzalo looks like Long John Silver from Muppets Treasure Island. You gotta dig in that creek, you dropped it into the swamp, it's still there. He does. He looks like a mean, like, chemistry teacher. Like, a regular teacher's gonna come in and they'll be like, in all my years of teaching, I have never gotten class notes this bad. That we are underway here at the Dummy Run Podcast, a Minutes United leaning MLS podcast that may mention the USL from time to time. I'm Officer Kraken, he's Grant Hirschberger, and we are taking deep breaths. We're keeping things in perspective. We have context. We're disappointed, but deep breaths. We're 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 like uh, your parents in high school. We're not mad. We're just disappointed. You know. It, there's a lot of things to react to, Alex, and I think first and foremost, you know, I hate to make excuses, but let's make a lot of excuses right away. Oh, I'm, I'm going to sling excuses nothing, for the next 90 minutes. Exactly. Nothing about this lineup was our first choice lineup, right? I mean, that's fair to say. It absolutely was not. Um, you know, injuries to Nico Hansen and Debassi immediately threw off all of the chemistry I feel like we built from the preseason. Is that fair to say? Or is that making too many excuses? I think that the Nico Hansen injury, while Nico Hansen himself isn't necessarily a huge piece to be missing, it just was a domino effect, I think, that really threw a lot of what we had planned or what we had been working on out of whack. Um, and while Juan Agadella wasn't listed as being injured, the fact that he didn't go in at all leads me to believe that he it wasn't ready to go. Um, and that really threw things off. You know, that ended up with putting Dotson out on the left, which like isn't really where he is preferred or or where, where he thrives. Um, I think you made a really good point on the post Loon show about how you can't really be re, re, like expecting him to give you offensive output. Um, you more just like appreciate it when it comes, and he's more like a playmaker. And then that just seemed to kind of throw a wrinkle in everything else. And and when you mix that with with the bossy being off, um, it wasn't great. And I. I have to say, when I saw that Nico was out in the morning, I got very nervous just because that was kind of my fear. I think Nico has been a, a pleasant surprise. He's obviously um, kind of a placeholder for now, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. Like, I think he's a very good player. I think we're still anticipating Franco Fragapane to come in to this team. Um, but I do think that Nico Hansen is, is kind of, you know, the very solid depth piece that we're anticipating. And so when your depth piece is gone, then it's like, well, then who do you put in? You know, and and I think Dotson is a great player, and I think he is so, so versatile, but he's not a left winger. And he's not a player that, you know, he should be expected to play at an elite level at every position. You're playing against the Seattle Sounders, and I think we have to, like, take a second and acknowledge, like, they were in the MLS Cup final. You know, and they got beat by the Columbus crew, but they're not a bad team. And, and they have a very good coach. They are frequently in the MLS Cup final. Um, so it just, we played a very good team. We got punched in the mouth. All you can do is just learn from what happened and also get healthy as soon as possible and get Brent Coleman way off the field. But we'll talk about that later. Um, what yeah. What was the most concerning point of the lineup to you like when you saw it on paper where were you like uh uh-oh yeah I mean I knew that the front office was high on Coleman not high on him but they felt he'd been playing well down Orlando 
and he had moved his way up into yeah you know the number two position so i was i was hopeful that maybe he would be okay um and really for the first you know whatever 20 minutes he was so when i was looking at the lineup i think that nico hansen is what gave me the most concern because it seemed like juan agardella wasn't healthy either um, and again, that just meant there was no really great options. I never expected to see Dotson out there, um, but I that one just right away in the morning, um, it really put a damper on my kind of, you know, match day vibes that I had going on. What, what did you, when you were looking at it, what did you think? Yeah, I think Coleman um, was a big uh, question mark is the wrong phrase, but Coleman was concerning to me um you know again we've talked about we we don't approve of a lot of the you know quote unquote off field because it technically was on field but off field statements that he's made whatever but just purely speaking from a play perspective he's just not fast enough and not positionally aware enough to hack it against top level mls competition and so seeing him the drop off from debasi who no disrespect to Michael Boxall, because I think De- Boxall is very, very good as a you know center back. But Debasi is a very good center back, um, and I think that drop off from Debasi to to Coleman is, is massive. And I think we missed him in a lot of different scenarios, both mentally and physically, where Debasi is faster, stronger, better at positioning, and just more defensively intelligent, in my opinion. You know. There was a lot of mistakes, and we'll get to them. So I saw that right away, and I just, I was very concerned. I agree with you um, about the Nico Hansen thing. You know, I don't fully agree with Dotson on the left. I think personally, I understand where Heath is coming from, because I think he was thinking, if we're going to do this high press, Dotson is a good person to put into that position because he's very good at defense if he's you know playing right back or playing the eight, playing the six. So I get that logic. I don't think that was like a misstep by Heath. I just think you're expecting so much out of a young guy who's played so many positions. Like what realistically were we expecting him to do? Just have a master class against the MLS Cup runner-ups? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, and I, we, I wasn't able to rewatch this match. Um, and I watched it with some friends, so I can't say that I, you know, remember as clearly as I probably would normally like to. I usually rewatch the matches before we talk about them. So, uh, I, yeah, I really don't know how Dotson did out there, and certainly he wasn't the biggest issue we had on the field. Alex um, was in a grain belt fueled uh, fog. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, we got so, one goal down, and Alex was like, "It's time to shotgun." Yeah, Let's go. exactly. Uh, so I don't know, but yeah, definitely Nico being gone, I, I was worried was going to be a. Um, a bit of a domino effect and i think that that kind of proved to be true um let's get into it because we're kind of dancing around the issue so um again pulling the major highlights that we could find without rewatching it more closely on our own um so first off there was a no handball call on seattle in the box where one of their players kicked it into the other player's hand um people all called for a handball there was no handball given i was kind of in agreement with that it didn't seem like something i expected them to call um, and when they didn't, if I was on the other side of that, I definitely would have felt it was the right call. Um, even being on the wrong side of it, I still feel like it's probably the right call. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when you look at it, right, like, 
I understand there are people who are going to say, like, the rule of the law is, you know, it hits your hand at an unnatural position. It's a handball. I agree. But I actually agree with the ref's, you know, mindset or, or train of thought on this, which is it doesn't benefit Seattle to block the ball at all. He's clearly, you know, if you watch the replay, he's clearly attempting to move his hand up and out of the way of the ball as fast as possible. So, yeah, it's a handball technically, but, like, you know, put yourself into their position. Like, if that was Minnesota United, I would be livid because clearly he's attempting to move his hand out of the way of the ball. You know, that's not in the spirit of the game. And I personally, in my opinion, prefer calls to be made in the spirit of the game, which is he's trying to move his hand out of the way. He's not trying to block the ball. If they were on defense and, like, you know, Ethan Finley had kicked the ball into the guy's hand. Yep. That's totally different. Right. But they were trying to clear it. That's not, I, I just, I don't see that personally as being something you would call. Yeah, that's kind of where I was too. The fact that it was one, you know, friendly fire, if you will, um, that that made me feel a lot better about it. And also to your point, I, I will always advocate for judgment to be able to be a part of what goes into calls. Um, I think that, yeah, you know, in the spirit of the game or in, in you know, taking into context the, the moment, um, I think we should extend that to offsides, but we'll leave that for another day. Agreed. Um, either way, no call made. Um, and then just, uh, I think only not, not long after that, um, there's a handball on the other end. That one is called. That's the 26th minute. That one, I think, was a handball. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think it's unfortunate, but... Again, you talk about your arm in an unnatural position. And later in the game, we see Will Trapp do it a few times where Seattle's about to kick and he puts his arms behind his back. You know, good defenders do that. And I think Will Trapp just got, you know, taken by surprise a little bit. But they try to chip it over Will Trapp and his arm is kind of hanging out because he's taking a step to the right, I believe, if I'm mentally picturing it correct. But he's taking a step to the right, so his arm kind of flails out, and it hits his arm, and he tries to pull it in. It's too late. And so the context of it's an attacking player kicking it into a defensive player's arm, that makes sense to me. It does. I, I don't love it because I'm a Loons fan, but I get why they did it. And how did it end up, Alex? Yeah, I mean, and we wait, didn't... tell the listeners what jersey I'm wearing right now. He's wearing his Hassani Dotson, or sorry, his Dane St. Clair jersey today. The the black with the blue uh, kind of marbling, would you call it? From yeah, last marbling. from yeah. last year. Um, one of my favorite kits. I don't I don't think I'd ever get a keeper kit, but that one made me think about it. Um, I'll lend it to you sometime. Yeah, thank you. We didn't talk about Dane St. Clair getting the start. You and I both speculated that that was going to be the case, and sure enough, it was. 26-minute um, handball. Uh, Raul Ruiz steps up to take it. Um, and, I mean, Dane St. Clair had it, had it the whole way. I mean, I know that even the best PK savers are still guessing mostly. Um, but he nailed it. I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't even one of those where he knocked it off the poles. I mean, he was palmed out sturdily. Um, a great great start I mean, for him. You got to give credit to Rui Diaz. It's a good take. He puts it bottom left. Yep. It's a low driven shot, very fast. And then equal credit to Dane St. Clair. He dives in the correct decision, exactly perfect timing, hand on it, and Metinier clears it out. I mean, that was an awesome awesome save by Dane St. Clair. So. Had to rep the jersey today while oh, yeah. we were oh, yeah. talking about it. Yeah, I mean, even though so many times when you see a, a penalty kick saved, um, in air quotes, you know, they end up just coughing up a 
uh, a rebound that's going to be booted in anyways. But no, yeah, he he you know he he palmed it away, and they kind of all got back up again, and like half celebrated and half kind of fought off the the attack that was still very much in in play, um, and got everyone who had him for fantasy five points, which I didn't realize. So um, good good all around there. Um, that's 26 minute, and then just about 10 minutes later um, on the attack. Ray had that really nice through ball, maybe not even a through ball, a really nice pass to Lude, who made a fantastic run into the 18, um, and ends up kind of rifling it off the lower near post and out. At first, I thought Fry blocked it, but when you watched it again, it clearly hit out the post and rattled it pretty good. Um, I mean, just inches away, just inches away from from taking the lead in, in the 35th minute. Which is unfortunate because, so positionally it makes sense why he shot the way he shot so he shot it with his right foot robin lude is left-footed so he you know if he's not playing at striker he's playing typically as a right wing inverted winger which means that he's left-footed he wants to bring it into his left foot so he has the most um open angle for his shot which robin lude let it cross his body because that's where the ball was rolling it made the most sense it's not his strongest foot, so it's really unfortunate. I mean, I, shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? Like, if he would have had it on his left foot, I honestly think he would have put it in the goal. But it's too late. It's zero zero. Thirty-five minutes. We missed. We didn't make yeah, it. Yeah, no. And I think that I think that that shot especially is, you know, soccer is very much a sport of kind of you keep doing things, and then one time it works, and it looks like it all came together perfectly um when written when in reality it was very similar to the thing you tried several times before that didn't work um i don't think that in that position i would have expected or asked you know lude to take a different shot um and again if it's a couple inches the other way it it, it, you know we're it's a totally totally different conversation so unfortunate really i think it really is just unfortunate um that was the 35th minute and then just a few later in the 48th um, is when things, uh, you know, the first sign of trouble happens and it starts to chase Gasper, um, you know, coming over to cover roll down. Grant, do you want to talk us through what, what Coleman is trying to do there? What his plan is? I, Cause I honestly I actually, don't know. <laughs> I looked at it a couple times and I was like, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. So 48th minute, like Alex is saying, chase Gasper moves centrally to cover Christian roll down because for whatever reason, Coleman is playing him super deep and like way off him, so he's not covering him at all, um, and it's kind of a, it's kind of like a cluster, you know. Like so, Chase moves in to compensate for Coleman not playing aggressively enough, which Christian Roldan somehow spins out of that, you know, uh, defense by Chase Gasper, which it is what it is. I don't think it was the best move by Chase, but Christian gets out of it and then passes to a wide Alex roll down. So you got a brother-to-brother pass, right? you got two brothers playing together. They've got that, um, you know, parent trap mental connection going on there. And they pass out to Alex roll down, who, you know, passes it into the middle. It's cleared out by Will Trap, but unfortunately, Jao Paulo on the Seattle Sounders has this incredible, like, he traps it with his right foot and bounces it back up at the same time, and then just laces it into the top left corner it's it's an incredible shot it's really impressive but again goal number one comes because Coleman is out of position and not doing the right thing which we will 
have as a reoccurring theme as we go on through this podcast. Yeah, and I had actually had that mixed up in my head. Um, that one, I mean, yeah, it, it was it, there was there was some mistakes along the way. At the end of the day, I think that's when you just chalk up to an amazing goal, um, what already might be in the running for for goal of the year. Um, and you kind of just move on. I don't, uh, it's hard to blame anyone too much as much as I would like to. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you saw the, the comparison of that goal and uh, Darlington Nagby's goal for Portland. Um, they were almost mirror images of each other. Um, but there was definitely mistakes made along the way. Also, uh, Zhao Paolo looks like Long John Silver from Muppets Treasure Island. Have you remember that movie? He looks I do, like yeah. Long John Silver, Tim Curry. Uh, who was also in like you know Home Alone two? He has that kind of look to him with like it's the same beard and like kind of like the facial features. That's all I could think of, and and I that was thing that was like the first time I realized it. So not only oh, was he I, looks like a swashbuckler. Oh yeah, oh <laughs> exactly. yeah. So not He's only had was scurvy I, at least once yeah, in his life. Right. So I was processing the goal and also like what they have a pirate on their team and like isn't he still working the front office at the hotel? Like I don't know. I had a lot of a lot He's of emotions to process. He's got that haggard, handsome look going right. on. Like good for him. Like if we were lost at sea, I'd be like, don't worry about it. He's he'll, got. He'll it. navigate us home. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, he'll take us. So. He knows where Due North is for sure. <laughs> lot to process there. While we were showing the replay of that. They kicked off and got a foul, I believe, right? Wasn't that a situation where they cut two from the replay and, like, Reynoso was lining up for a free kick? Yeah, it, it was one of those weird ones where, like, I still think um, ESPN or... Is it ESPN who's broadcasting all this? That was Fox. These? It's Fox. They're still not fast enough. Like, they just do not cut quickly enough to the live action so they'll show you the replay like three or four times, and then all of a sudden they'll be like, oh, oh, there's a free kick in a really dangerous position. And you're like, oh, yeah. we'd like to see They're it. They're also a big fan of like the prolonged just like uh, uh, coach shot. Just like we're going to show the manager for like 10 minutes in the middle of a match, and it just drives me nuts. It doesn't matter what's going on at the field. You could have like a bicycle kick going top left corner, and they'll still show like a close-up of like Brian Schmetzer just looking angry and wearing his chin diaper. And it's like, oh, can we can we cut back to the field? I don't care. Brian Schmetzer, I don't want to like shame his appearance, but he just looks mad all the time. I don't want to see that. I don't we had a lot vibes. of conversations about that. My friends were saying that they, he, he had like a punchable face. And I was explaining to them that in reality, he's a, he's a really great guy and like a, a cool story of someone who's like been with the club forever and like very successful and... Always seems but to be what did I say last genuine. year? Didn't I say he looks like the meanest substitute teacher ever? He does. Or he looks like a mean like chemistry teacher. Yes, I said something <laughs> like that last year, and you agreed. It was something to the effect of like he just looks like that guy who would be like, "Did you do the reading?" And you're like, "Right, I, I you just assigned it last night." Right, like know? a regular teacher's gonna come in and think back. In all my years of teaching, I have never gotten class notes this bad, and we're gonna be like, "Damn it, Schmetzer!" It's always Schmetzer. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, and I will say when it comes to prolonged manager shots, if it's Adrian Heath drinking water, you stay on that man as long as you need to. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but he wraps his whole mouth around the water bottle, not like partway over the opening, and then he splashes it in his mouth in 
It's absurd. Hey, that is that is water security. That's hydration security right there. I mean, I guess when it's if it's a sports drink and he's got the clean white linens on, I get it. But sometimes it's like, man, it's just water. Don't worry about it. You can't it, have a post match interview if you've got Gatorade across the front of your, you know, white. No one's gonna take up, you seriously, you know? right? No one. Yeah. How are you, gonna, how are you gonna manage this team? That's fair. You got a lot of big personalities out there. You got to keep the linens white. Um, okay, so we cut to Reynoso's lining up for a free kick. He puts a great ball in, um, and Brent Coleman gets ahead to it, and it's like, gets past Fry, it's bouncing towards the goal line, we're celebrating, you know, beer's flying, um, but nope, not quite yet. Uh, Alex Roldan clears it off the goal line. Which, honestly, kudos, right? Like, even as an opposing fan, as the losing team, kudos. Like, that is... A hustle move. He did not give up on it. And it's easy to give up on that. That was almost in. It was so close. And yet he just dove and did this, like, not quite bicycle kick out, but, like, cleared it out perfectly. Yeah. That's effort. I mean, that is what it takes to win a game. Um, something I noticed was that after it was cleared out by Roldan, Chase Gasper actually managed to recover the ball. So it was... Cleared off the line by Christian rolled on, and then oh, Alex rolled on, uh, went to get the ball, and uh, Chase Gasper kind of bodies him out of the way and grabs the ball, and it's whistled dead and given to to Seattle. And so rewatching the game, I saw like Robin Lude and I think it was Michael Boxall like walk up to the ref and be like, he didn't do anything illegal, he just kind of cut in front of Alex rolled on. So. Um, one of many questionable calls by the ref. I think the handball yeah. calls by the ref were fair, but there were some really bad calls by the ref, I thought. There was. I'm glad you corrected me on that because I, I had thought it was Christian, but I, I misread my notes here. Um, there was some, no, it was I Christian. Had, Christian. Yeah, it was Christian. It. Christian. Alex was the one who went to yep. get the rebound. Um, I had messaged you during the match, I believe, saying, like, this guy is is not doing a great job. And I think that something that they did early on in this match, which we've seen a lot of teams do early on in matches, and I honestly don't know what the answer is, is they get at Reynoso early. I mean, I, we weren't two minutes in when he was already laying on the floor, like holding up three fingers, saying like, this is the third time it's happened already. And it takes him out of the game. And if they're not going to call it, I don't know what, and and he's he either needs to get over letting people get in his head that way, or we need to figure out some other way to combat it, because so far, no one has done a great job of keeping teams honest, especially to start the game. Yeah, I would agree. I think MLS refs, very much so, and I understand their justification for this, but MLF, wow, MLF, MLS refs don't want to throw yellows around too early, and they definitely don't want to throw reds around too early. But, like, teams know that Reynoso is the guy on our team. And so it's going to happen all year. And so I really hope, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but I really hope that the addition of Adrian Hunu or, you know, uh, Roman Abila coming in and just, like, developing as a, you know, 80-minute player or 75-minute player, hopefully those two players will help take the pressure off of Reynoso because we need that genuinely. Um but yeah, until we can punish them other ways or refs start paying attention, it's going to be a little rough. And I think we saw that really early on because Seattle played Reynoso exactly like you would um, knowing that he's the main playmaker. Yeah, 
And now, again, I think that people are beginning to see that if you get him frustrated early on, um, it changes things. So, anyways, um, you know. It changes the, things, but also he kind of turns into, like, the Incredible Hulk. Like, he goes from the Bruce Banner of passing beautiful angles and the science of perfect diagonal passes to, like, when you get Reynoso pissed, I respect this. He's not a 10 who only plays offense. He's a 10 who will slide tackle you. Like, he will come up from behind and, like, take you down. And I thought he was legitimately going to throw a punch against Nuhu at one point, which, like, Nuhu's supposed to be the super likable guy. And Reynoso was like, I don't care. I don't care about your narratives. I'm just going to whip a five-finger sandwich right out there. Well, Nuhu is the guy that I have to remind myself that if he, if he was on my team, I would love every minute of it because I always oh, hate playing sure. against him. But you realize, like, oh, yeah, that's exactly I mean, that's that's exactly what you need. And he seems like a good guy, too. Oh, yeah. He seems like yeah. a good guy. But, like, when he's against you, you're like, ah, get out of here. Kick a rock. So frustrating. Um, anyways, that's cleared off the line. Yeah, maybe a, a premature whistle or, or a poor call stops it dead. That was the 50th minute. Um, then 69th minute. Nice. Is um, <laughs> when when I think things kind of take uh, obviously take a turn for the worse. But this is the one that I was thinking of when I said what was Coleman doing. By turn he, for the worse, do you mean they go straight down the fucking toilet? <laughs> no, because I'm going to explain why I don't think that was the case later on. Okay. But okay. this is the one where Coleman tries to step up or something and ends up just like he gets on the totally wrong side of the ball. But like it's not even like he like. I think Heath said he tried to like pinch one, but that I think is a is a is a nice way of saying like where the hell were you, man? Because at no point was he ever going to get ball side. He just like ran up on the guy's back shoulder and let him just totally spin around him. And after that, it was you know a cascading effect of disaster, um, which is what I call my twenties, um, that led to just like an open goal that you know again no one could really do anything about yeah when Heath said pinch one I thought look Coleman's been pinching one off the whole game like he's been I thought we were gonna be better than that and just let it go <laughs> no I'm gonna go ahead and call it out uh Coleman looked like crap uh yeah he stepped poorly uh Will Bruin spun him which like look if Rui Diaz spins you I get it like it, it Again, and I, let's let's call it out, right? I said it at post loons. We did that post loons thing um, with Jeremy of 10K pitches and Jake Schneider of um, was it zone zone coverage Minnesota. Um, but I did say so. Like I tweeted that Coleman was performing admirably, which I will argue to the death that up until the 50th minute he was performing admirably. He was playing decently until he wasn't and all of a sudden he just bottomed out like an incredibly old beater car and just the wheels fell off the whole thing lit on fire it was terrible so he steps to will bruin gets spins by will bruin who's not a like particularly fast player boxall tries to slide over to recover and, and and guard the guy and bruin passes to just a wide open rui diaz which if rui diaz is open that's a goal it, it's a goal every time. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I mean, by that point, it was, you know, even if he hadn't passed, I think he still could have probably scored. You know, it was an extra pass, you know, to say the least. Um, that one was rough. Uh, that was the 69th minute. And I think for the sake of telling the story, we should just keep going. So then 72nd minute, they score their third, which again, 
Coleman, I think, is at the center of the downfall. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, he's caught ball watching. Like, he just, he can't figure out the timing, the spacing. He doesn't understand, like, where he needs to be properly. He, Christian Roldan has a chipped pass, and it, it's just wide open. Or, sorry, the chip pass is to Christian Roldan. Once again, pass to a wide open Rui Diaz, which, again, ends about as predictably as you would expect. And after we brought in all these new pieces, I still just am confused by why Coleman is still option one off the bench. Um, he actually got taken off in the, whatever it was, 79th minute. He got taken off for Yuka. And I don't know if that's just as like, whatever, the game's done, it's early season, maybe let's not run these guys ragged. Or if that was kind of like, you know, taking out your goalie in hockey of like, this guy's getting shelled and like, we need him off there. Um, but he came off, and I don't know if that says something or not, but um, you know, we've talked about the way that Yuka looked in his international play, that it was somewhat uh, underwhelming, but um, the way that Coleman got roasted on a few of those things this, this last match, I would think that he'd have moved back down the back down the list of uh, substitutions and yeah Yuka or I mean whatever yeah maybe Montgomery isn't ready to be a you know MLS best 11 but even if he's not playing great and like figuring it out he still seems like at least you're working towards something not just like playing with Coleman who's bad and also not the future yeah I just I don't see the upside to playing Brent Coleman like it, it just at this point you know if Debassi is injured which I think all of you need to, you know, whatever your individual religion is, whether it's, you know, atheistic, agnostic, Christian, Catholic, Muslim, Buddhist, whatever it might be, respect it all, uh, go to your place of worship and pray for Debasi or meditate for Debasi or think of Debasi. Help him to be healthy. Because we need good vibes. We need good vibes. Whatever it may be, we respect it all. But just, I'm begging you, we need him so bad. Um, we are getting nothing from a 30-year-old Brent Coleman. Like, just, there is no upside to playing him anymore. And at this point, I'm all in on playing Callum Montgomery or um, uh, Nabi Kibaguchi. Um from here on out so it just like there's no there's no upside to us it, it's just gonna be downside and and bad and then the last goal was i mean kind of just a i mean the game was over we're pressing it's garbage time yeah i mean Metonair goes down and and they come down and, and pass it to someone on his side who was left unmarked but really the the theme of the loss is i think coleman's play a good play up into a certain point and then steep drop off steep steep drop off also i want to just call this out like a lot of Sounders fans and actually even extra time were like, Freddie Montero is back, which like, first of all, let's not even discuss the problematic stuff about like, he has certain allegations against him, which are pretty rough. You oh, guys, I had not heard that. Yeah. You guys can go ahead and Google it on your own time, but there's some pretty rough allegations against him. So let's not like clap for Freddie Montero. Um, but also he's wide open because a player goes down and, like, I get the ref not necessarily blowing the, the play dead, but it's not like he's back because he played super well. He's back because the right back who was guarding him legitimately was injured and sat down on the field up on the other half. Like, don't, don't crown him, like, the returning king just because he had a layup against the, yeah, like... Yeah, and so, and, but like we said, we start off the show by saying deep breaths, get some context... 
It was still just a loss away to Seattle, which happens a lot. Um, it was a four-one end result, but like, if you look at if you look at the four-one, did you it was score? Four, it was four-nil. We scored in my head. It was four-nil. Okay. Alex so is four, so optimistic. He's <laughs> adding extra goals. Four-one, yeah. four-two. We were right. almost there. Uh, okay, it was four-nil. Right. That's what the scoreline says. That's what everyone cares about. We're bottom of the table. Sure. But if you if you look at the match again, I said I said for the sake of telling the story of the match, I wanted to kind of scroll through those last goals, because then in the 65th minute, you know, Abila comes on in a very dramatic form. Did you notice that he was like tying his shoes or putting up his socks when they showed him on camera? So like the board was up, and then all of a sudden he just like stood up and was in frame. It was very dramatic. Um, he came on in the 65th minute. You gotta get that like Gregorian chorus of like oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's that's the 65th minute. 79th minute, we sub on Ozzy for Jan, which I thought was interesting. Um, and again, we we yanked Coleman and put Yuka out there. Um, and then in the 81st minute, we saw McMaster for Dotson, which I think was super exciting to see. I mean, again, we were we were you know we were hurting out the, on the left wing position, but it was still exciting to see a young guy get minutes. And whether it's for the right or wrong reason, that's how people end up making their way in. Um, but Abila's first two touches for us, like both very well could have been goals. Um, just minutes, 77 seconds after he came on, um, Reynoso shot a crossover to him that he one-timed, I think, out of the air um, and scuffed it pretty bad. Um, looking back, he probably had time for another touch, or even if it wasn't 77 seconds into his you know, MLS career, maybe it goes a lot better for him. But still, the connections there and the belief to take that shot on is exciting, and then just moments later, he rifles one out from from a good distance um, that Fry ends up having to save. So you know that's two good goal scoring opportunities by someone just minutes into the playing career. And if he's had longer, or maybe they fall to something else, maybe that goes in. And the first one was when it was a one nil game. So if that shot goes better for him, which again is like okay, but it didn't. But you get what I mean, like. We're right there. Then it's a 1-1 game. You know, we talked about Coleman's goal that was taken off the line. Um, McMaster's first touch was also, like, a good chance on goal that he did pretty poorly with. I think Fry actually kind of laughed a bit when he saved it. Um, but, again, if it wasn't maybe a, a kid right out of college taking his first MLA touch, maybe that goes in. Um, you know, there was, there was definitely moments where the game could have turned around. You know, Heath says goals change games and people kind of make fun of him, but it's a very true fact. And this was f- this was far from a 4-0 game. It's so true. It, that frustrates me when people like... The thing about Heath is, yeah, he's got his things he likes to repeat, and I totally understand that. But the thing is, he's right about almost all the things that he says. Like okay, we're going to bring in two to three more players. Ha, 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 so funny. I know Alex loves that. I'm, I'm giving Alex the, the finger right now. Um, but what does he do? He brings in two to three more quality players. Like, we brought in DeBassi, we brought in Reynoso, right? We're bringing in good quality players. Same thing with goals change games. They do because if it's a 1-1 game, that dramatically changes how Seattle has to defend and how they have to attack. And in the same sense, if it's a 2-1 game where we're up, that's different than, you know, 2-0 where Seattle's up. Like, every single goal scored is significantly changing how the other team has to react to that uh, scoreline. And so, you know, I thought Abila came on at a very good time. I'm really excited to see him when he's match fit. You know, I, I think... 
you know, we've heard a couple of rumors, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later. I'll move along, but it, it sounds like Adrian Hunu is is moving along. We might actually get him pretty soon, maybe before June. Um, Junu, right? Anybody? Nobody? Okay, no. nobody. Nobody. That will be right. edited out. Yeah, yeah, cut that out. <laughs> but anyways, uh, you know, if Abila can get Abila, I want to say it right, can get match fit, I really think it'll make a difference. Like, no disrespect to Robin Lude. I own his jersey. I like him a lot. He's a right winger. He's a creator. He's a distributor. And then he's an opportunistic goal scorer. And that's where he fits best. But when we're relying on Ethan Finley on the right wing and Robin Lude on the striker position, both people are just not at their best necessarily. And I just think that, you know, once we can get... Uh, Roman Abila just like up to speed we're going to feel really good and then we get Adrian Hunu to rotate through it's going to be really good um, yeah it was it was a disappointing game um, but again like we said it's keeping context um, in, the, in the long run it, it won't matter and I think that it was a team that just wasn't quite ready yet um, maybe for some of the right you know some some fair reasons where yeah you know Abila wasn't there yet and we had some injuries um, and some wrong reasons where I think that there is some definite people who need to, to wake up and maybe weren't quite there yet um, just mentally uh, Mika wanted to know do you think the fans made any difference you know we said they probably wouldn't um, I, I again I was watching with friends so I wasn't really like tuned into how loud I thought it was um, but again, you know, the playing in Seattle is never easy. I watched it alone with me and my dog on full volume. Um, so I would say maybe. I mean, it's certainly exciting. <laughs> bold take. <laughs> yeah. Bold, bold take. <laughs> maybe. Um, I would say, you know, I think it probably made a little bit of a difference. You know, you're not at home. So you're already somewhat uncomfortable. There's some fans. You can hear them you know, um, throughout the broadcast, but it wasn't, it's now called Lumen Field, by the way, it's no longer CenturyLink, it's Lumen Field. Uh, Lumen Field was not packed, and I think there's a difference between, like, a, you know, 5,000 people being like, ah, go, you know, fight and win, whatever that polo, <laughs> yep, you know, dude it. is, yeah, fight and win, uh, Google it, it's funny, Seattle sucks, anyways, um, but there's a difference between like 5,000 fans versus like 15,000 fans. Yeah. And so when it's a couple of people, it's like, I don't know. I don't think there was a big difference. I think this is a team that would have beaten us in a neutral, you know, standing yeah. no matter what. Yeah. I, I, it didn't jump out to me, um, but, you know, I, don't know, I wasn't there. So it could have. Um, it could have. Could have, yeah. I mean, definitely the home field advantage is Which, a real thing for a lot of different way, reasons. By the way, it makes a good point. If you are going to be at the Real Salt Lake game in Allianz, you need to be loud as hell. Like, you have to be. You have to be super loud the whole game because I don't think the fans made a lot of difference at Seattle. And so I think in a smaller stadium, you have a bigger impact and you can also affect the game a little bit more and so you have to give everything you got if you bought the tickets you got to be loud but make sure you're following guidelines yeah right wear your mask but be loud all in all i'm just gonna kind of throw this game away you know i'm taking some things from it i'm taking that i'm annoyed with coleman and i'm frustrated with some of the guys for not maybe being a little more in the right headspace but 
Also, just like whatever, there was crazy matches all over the league, um, which let's get into. First off, I think I need to take a moment and issue a very sincere apology to the Houston Dynamo, of all people. They started out the year, I was watching them, and as I watched them play, I think I was very surprised at how many people they had that I had forgotten or just straight up did not realize they had. I mean, they got uh, Zarek Valentine, Valentine? That doesn't sound right anymore. Valentine. Yeah, that sounds better. I'm going to make you work it out. You got it. <laughs> uh, they got You're Parker. On your own on they this got one. Memo Rodriguez. Um, they got Joe Corona from Galaxy. Uh, they got Fafa. They got Uriti. Uh, there we go. Which I didn't realize they had gotten. I always loved him. Um, they beat Probably San Jose. Probably because you did not say his name. All right. I, Uriti. I got through it. It just took me a minute. Uh, they beat San Jose. They beat him 2-1. to one. Uh, San Jose had an amazing goal, if you didn't see it. Um, but they may be better than I thought they were. And let's just also And real there quick, was no Darwin either. <laughs> I was going to say, neither Darwin nor Christian Ramirez made it on the field, which I'm not laughing about their pain. I'm just saying that maybe, you know, maybe our coaching staff isn't all bad. Uh, maybe not. I think Darwin was injured, wasn't he? I don't know. He's just also, old. he's like 33, too. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I say that as uh, a 30-year-old. Yeah, I'm going to move on because I, I don't care about H-Town. Uh, Montreal was impressive against yep. Toronto. Uh, yep. Toronto, who was like killing it in CCL. Right. Uh, and goal for Toy, yep. right? That's good. Yeah, it's some of the some of the CCL clubs, um, you know, I don't know how much they affect they how much their midweek games impacted them i don't know that any of them won um because toronto they tied all had the hangover philly tied it was all and the hangover Portland yes lost and yeah, nobody so, won so there's something to be said there um but yeah good for toy i mean of all the players who need to start scoring girls early um you know and more than you know other than chicharito i think toy would be probably second on that list so good for him to get a goal um i think they got two more or one more um, either way, day one, that was good to see there. Over, yeah, a, and that's a good the thing Toronto I think team. fans can like acknowledge really quick is sometimes there's a move or a transfer that benefits both clubs. Like we were, not, Toy was not the player for us, and that's okay. Like it's not saying Toy isn't good. He just wasn't the player for us. And if he's good for Montreal, that's okay. But we also will find better players. Again, we may we are most likely bringing in Adrian Hunu, a striker from Ligue 1 in France. Like, so we'll figure that out. Don't worry about the striker position. Good for Toy. Really good for Toy. And I really want to see him succeed for Montreal. I would love to see him drag them to a playoff spot and, and do very well. <laughs> yeah, and good for the uh, the coach. He was the assistant coach under um, Henri before he left. And when he left, they decided to stay in-house and... Um, and keep him keep him at the helm, which I thought was great. Uh, he's a t-shirt guy on the sideline, which I don't know if we have a t-shirt guy right now, but he was just a straight-up black t-shirt with black pants on, um, which I like to have a little variety in my coaches, so I was happy I feel to like see for that. soccer coaches, you need a shorts guy, too. Who would you be? Would you be the suit? Would you be, like, the sweatsuit? You'd be doing, like, That's straight t-shirt? You could be, like, sorry uh, would... and, like, wear, like, the big-ass, like, baggy t-shirt with cigarette Wait, hold on. Mouth. Alex, what do you think I would be? That's a That's a good question. I think you're a sweatsuit guy. Oh, I appreciate that. I see that. you with the sweatsuit and the cooler pulled to the pulled to the the touchline. Uh, but I'm also kind of lame, so I feel like I would probably be the like dress pants and button up shirt with a sweater guy. 
But you know, uh, on you, or you draped over your shoulders. Draped. Okay. Draped for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, I don't really get to choose because I you're a have, hoodie guy. Well, no, I have the bold head and the beard, so I have to go like full Siri uh, manager with like the turtleneck and the suit coat. It's kind of predetermined for me because I'm bald. Like that's what you do, right? Bald head. I could see. No, yeah, you could do the turtleneck suit yeah. coat. Yep, yeah. I, I like that. Yep. But then you gotta rock like the the Adidas Sambas at the Ooh. bottom. Okay. Yep. Okay. You feel it. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, okay. I can make that work. Hey, um, how do you feel about the Orlando ATL tie? I'm glad I didn't watch it. It was one of the ones I wanted to watch, and it was on Twitter, and I was just like, I'm not doing that. And so I didn't turn it on, <laughs> and it turned out to be a good choice. Sounds like it was pretty lame. Um, Pato got hurt, and sounds like his timeline is not even being communicated right now so who knows when that'll be um joseph martinez played 15 minutes or so and didn't get any goals um sounds like a snoozer plus everything on florida is crazy right now so watching the fans in their section just stressed me out yeah and the fact that none of them are wearing masks right so but i mean i don't know what's going on there i also don't know what's going on at la you know, where they're that one was exciting. Subbing out Vela in like the twentieth minute. So first off, fantasy, I had Rossi in and he didn't play at all. <laughs> and the person I was Same. playing against I was playing RC. <laughs> RC, you know what I'm talking about. He had Vela in and then Vela gets so Vela in like the twenty something minute, I think, like stretched for a ball and like it did look like he hurt himself. He went he went for his leg right away. He got up and kinda of hobbled off over the end line and like motioned for someone to come m- tend to him and I think Bob Rally thought that that was the the double spinning hand motion of I need a sub and so like the him and the personal trainer are like over off on the touchline like you know doing the magic spray and everything else and then all of a sudden even like caught the the announcers off guard LAFC was making a sub and it taught it caught Vela totally off guard and then Bob Bradley kind of realized what was happening but it was like too late to stop it and then they did it they did an in-game interview with him like a few minutes later which apparently they're still doing and I hate them and he was like, Terrible. "Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was my bad. I think they jumped the gun on that one." And everyone who had you know Vela in for uh, fantasy was like, "Oh, well, great. I appreciate your apology, Bob." I love the chaos it caused. I, I actually, here's the thing. I'm gonna put this on Vela. Here's why. Um, I believe Vela has had a lot of injuries. He's dealt with some injuries in the past. He is what 31, 32 right now. And so if you go down with an injury and you give this indication, you either have to be super clear with your coach that I can come back or you're out. Like, that's it. And so if you haven't worked through, like, hey, coach, if if I'm, like, struggling with an injury, you know, because I coach sports, and so if I see a player who I, I value, who I believe is important to the team, injured... I'm going to play it super, super safe and pull them out immediately because the first game of the season is not worth losing your best player right away. So Especially with Vela. Exactly. Like, your best player, Vela. Like, he will drag you to the MLS Cup Finals if you keep him healthy. So Bob Bradley sees him go down. He makes the hand motion. If I'm Vela, you have to indicate immediately, I would like to maybe go back in if I can whether there's, I don't know, a walkie-talkie, you know, and I'm totally copying extra time because they said the same thing, but, like, I agree with them for once. 
you know, yeah. you have to indicate this stuff. Let I think them if know. It's like, not, I want to yeah. go back in. Yeah, if it's not Vela and it's, he's not coming off an injury already, I think it's probably a different story. I I can't remember seeing a sub happen that quickly. I don't know why Brad Bradley was so quick to do it, um, but whatever. They were fine without it. They ended up winning, so whatever. I mean, um, it, it is what it is. Like, he got subbed out. Rossi didn't even play. Everything you was know, terrible. Everything on your fantasy team collapsed. But, Abubakar but yeah, didn't play. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot. We were talking about our our kind of offensive woes or our side, but there was a lot of people across the league. Yeah, Rossi didn't start. Abubakar didn't start. Or Abu Bakar. I actually forget which way we decided we wanted to go with that. I've never heard I him think, say it still. I think he he pronounced it, pronounces it Abubakar. Okay. I think that if you are going by the traditional pronunciation, it's supposed to be Abu Bakar. But Which we don't know that he does. Yeah, we're just we don't think he does. Whatever he prefers, we will go with, but we yeah. just don't know. Uh, Russell, Polito, and Tim Melia didn't play, or didn't Russell and Polito didn't start for SKC. Tim Melia didn't play, obviously. Um, obviously, we talked about Ladero. Um, yeah, for us, Nico Hansen, Demasi, uh, and Juan Agudelo didn't play. Um, Molina didn't play for Columbus Crew. Uh, I think I'm forgetting others. It was it was a wild weekend of people not playing, and then there was a few key injuries. You know, I talked about Pato, um, the Toronto kid got hurt. I think um, um, it's it's Ios? Morris. No, it's it's the other Morris kid, not not related, but um, Jaden Morris. I think was he Toronto or was he Columbus? He's not related to Jordan Morris, but his name is Jaden. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he got hurt. Was, it was he like the dark version of him, the dark matter version of Jordan right. Morris, Jaden Morris? <laughs> yeah, he's like ultra ego. It's just like <laughs> it's just like Jordan, black like hair, a wig. the 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 Peter Parker yeah. like uh, evil swoop. You guys know if you watch the Sam Raimi Spider Man, you get it. And I think it might actually be Aiden, which is not quite as fun. Yeah, it is Aiden Morris and it is Columbus no, Crew. Let's take it back. It's Jaden. Yeah, our banter is more Jayden fun. Jaden and Jordan. Yeah. Um, Chicharito get two goals in the go- in the win over Miami. I wanted both those teams to lose somehow, not tie. Like I wanted them to both lose. A meteor to hit both of them. Right. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, good for Chicharito. He had like a really emotional interview after the game. Did you see it? I did. I he heard was it. like crying and talking post, about yeah. how. I mean, I feel for the guy. I don't know anything about him, so I'm, I'm glad to see he's playing well. Um, I mean, I liked him um, pre. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. You know. I don't like the Galaxy, and I don't like Miami, um, so I kind of in turn don't like him. And now I don't like LAFC, which is weird because I used to not mind them, but with all the hype, I'm I'm sick of them. Uh, Columbus and Philly. Was, anytime any pundits like pay too much attention to a team, it doesn't matter what the team is. It's like just relax. Like talk about your job is to talk about all the teams. So you can talk about the team you think is the best. You think LAFC is the best. That's great. Talk about all the teams. Talk about Cincinnati. Talk about Austin. Talk about Vancouver. Talk about yeah, them all. Just have some. Yeah, I, I did. In in the day over the weekend, I did hear a lot of people talk about their defensive issues and how that could be an issue. So there are some people out there. I think Stu Holden is one of them who kind of is like they're going to be fine, but I don't think they're going to be supporters shield runners. Uh, um, yeah, Columbus and Philadelphia was boring. Um, nothing. There was another goalless tie, I believe. Um, and then Portland wrapped up the weekend losing to Vancouver um, and crushing my fantasy hopes along the way. I mean, Vancouver dropped some money. We talked about in the last pod. They, they put some money in um, to their team. So I, I, I think Vancouver could be decent. I actually think this is going to be my not-so-hot take, 
but I think this year will shake up a lot of traditional MLS like team standings. I think we're going to see a lot of teams just go all over the place, and and I'm excited for it. I think that's why MLS is a lot of fun. Is every single year there's just things getting changed, but this year specifically, I think we're going to see some cool stuff. So, yeah. So yeah, that and, we'll and Vela had two goals very great opportunities in the first half and he was my captain so that was going to be that was going to be my ticket to the win and then he was subbed off like halfway through the second half or maybe a little maybe a little less than maybe a little more than half um and didn't didn't shake geo's hand so um but speaking kind of since we've, we've worked our way into fantasy that was how my fantasy wrapped up i was like five points behind rc i thought for sure i was going to get there you know i had i had you know steve clark in goal and eric williamson on the field and you know I had, you know, Valeri as my captain and he was shooting shooting shots off the post just a few minutes in. I was like, I got this. And then Ross or then Williamson, Valeri, and Steve Clark somehow all got subbed off like into the uh, in, during the second half and I ended up losing by four. How did yours go? Mine went terrible. Um, I tied, which you, you know tied? that's fine. That's fine. I actually tied. Here's the thing. Here's the best thing. I tied thinking that I put Reynoso as my captain, which I didn't. I found out after the game. So then the other team was up ahead of me because he had put Reynoso as his captain. So then I put um, Rossi as my captain, and then he wasn't playing. And I thought, I found that out right before the game. So I put Abobasi as my captain, and Abobasi didn't play, and I still tied. So if literally I would have made like one good choice, right? Like this is the story of my life. If I would have made one good choice in my entire life, I just things would have been better. You it, know, it's it feels like it's a crapshoot, dude. Like the way that like stuff. Ha- I, I don't know that I'm gonna make any changes really uh, because it just is. I so love random. how this. I love how this setup is though. It's so chaotic and I love it. Yeah. Speaking of chaotic, Which Alex, we might actually be signing Adrian Hunu. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, we kind of said it was definitely happening. Now it sounds like people are actually really reporting on it, um, which is good. I think it sounds like it happened sooner than we thought it was going to, so that's exciting. But on the downside, it sounds like maybe Franco isn't happening. Well, I just saw Andy Greeter's article saying that he might be here before, who knew, like before the end of May. I mean, yeah, so that's what we'd all heard. And then there was, like, two tweets to the surface from, like, a reputable source. I mean, they had, I guess I don't, I shouldn't say reputable, a Twitter account that had several thousand followers. Um, I've, like, been, like, scrubbing the web for it since then, and, like, nothing has come up. So he's a big piece for them. If you watch the match on Friday that we talked about that was on. Um, Wait, Franco or Hunu? Because I, I have, Franco. like, Hunu's email address and his, like, passwords for things now. Like, the stalking has gone next level at this point. So. This is Franco. This is Franco. We watched him on Friday on, yeah, Paramount+. Plus. He scored a goal. I mean, I think he was their best player. Uh, they did take him off, like, the 60th minute, though, which, you know, I don't think you do to a player like that unless there's a reason. So... I'm hopeful for Franco to still be in the mix. Um, who knew sounds like it's basically a done deal, which is great. Who knew what would happen versus the home opener versus RSL is the real yeah. question. Killer uh, killer transition there. Uh, who knew we were playing RSL next? They didn't play this weekend, correct? 
No, not at all. Yeah. We're their first. We're their first game. So I don't know how they got away with that, but uh, well, it's probably opener. because of their involvement in the Super League. Oh wait, that's Real Madrid, <laughs> not Real Salt Lake. I get them confused. confused a lot. Yeah, they're very similar. Home opener. We're doing it this Saturday uh, against RSL. They haven't played yet. We're their odds-on favorite by 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 quite a big shot, I think. Um, and I think really a lot of the questions are just around the lineup, really. I mean, you can't take much else from the previous game. And when you talk about the lineup, you know, looking at our listener questions, Rob asks about, um, is there anyone left uh, in Loon's fandom that will tolerate seeing Coleman again? We kind of talked about that when we were talking about pre, you know, the previous match. It seems unlikely, right? I mean, I talk about this at every level of, like, sports that I either coach or love or watch or whatever. Like, if you're going to be a jerk, you at least have to be good. And he's a jerk, and he's yeah, not good. Yeah, it seems like the majority of people are done with him. We'll see what the coaching staff is. You know, again, I don't. he got taken off in the 80th minute. We'll see if that was something or if that was just, like, getting him, um, getting him rest or whatever. Uh, Nick had a question, which I don't even know how we fit this in the character count, so I'm going to paraphrase. Uh, what do we do with our What do we do with our nine? Do we start loot again up top and do more of the high press? Um, do we put Abila in there? You know, I think the question with that is just how is his health, which we can't really answer. What do you expect to see uh, this weekend? Um, that's a great question. I actually don't know what to expect. Um, I think from the brief moment we saw of Abila, we would assume that like. If he gets a good, even like 45 minutes, I think he's going to put a goal in. Like, he had an instant connection with Reynoso right away. Um, He's definitely not the high-press guy. But I also think, like, I wish Heath would acknowledge that right now with the players we have and the injuries that we have, we're not necessarily a high-press team right now. Like, I think with our best 11 in the lineup, we could be a high-press team, but we're not right now. We're missing a lot of people. It's not our ideal lineup, and so I don't think we should try that ultra-aggressive high-press because it just ended up tiring everybody out, and then we had nothing on offense. And so I mean, that's that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard one to answer because it's like, what's, yeah, you know, what what's his fitness? You know, where is Juan Agudelo at? Um, you know, there's a lot of things to say. I think we probably still a lot of the same. Um, so I think we still see Lude start up top again this match. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the high press was something that, that Heath was doing because he thinks that's our identity or if he thinks that that was just the best way to handle Seattle specifically. Um, we'll see what happens there. Sam Bogle had a question about the midfield. That was another thing we kind of saw some some changes in. Um, seems like Trap and Gregus are both very focused on the attack, um, and they were out of position and burned a little bit. Maybe do we stick with that? Do we go back to Ozzy? Where are we doing with our midfield? Is it time to, to switch up just based on that one? Whatever it was, eighty minutes, I think, seventy minutes, something like that. Yeah, I mean. So I think Trap can be a beneficial portion of our midfield, absolutely. And, and people were giving him a lot of crap and, and, uh, on social media, and I would give him a little bit of credit and also equal amount of criticism, where I think he and a lot of the members of our team were so desperate for a goal in the second half that they were pushing so high up, right? So at times, like, Will Trap was like on the wing at a point and like super high up. He was like 
right behind Ethan Finley or right behind um, Hassani Dotson. And so I don't think that's Will Trapp's best position. I think Trapp and Gregus can be, Gregush, sorry, I have to say it correctly, can be in the, you know, midfield together in a cohesive pairing. But Will Trapp has to sit back. And if we need to play Ozzy, I think he also needs to sit back. Like, I think we have enough offensive output through Reynoso with the correct players around him that we don't need our midfield to push too far forward. And so whether it's Will or whether it's Ozzy, I, I would like them to sit a little bit deeper, whether it's Ozzy being a deeper um, like cleanup man or whether it's Will being a deeper playmaker because I think that's Will's advantage is, is his passing. Yeah. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, like I said, we were kind of coming out of uh, talking about last match. I don't think I'm ready to take too much from this game. Um, it was a mess for a lot of reasons. I think I'm okay with with saying that Coleman's not the guy because we kind of thought that going in and then he had a lot of individual mistakes um, that just showed that I think he's not in the level we need him to be. But in terms of like what, what was going on with the dynamic of you know Trap and Gregoosh with our attack and whether it was a high press or if they got too high or, you know, th- that's a lot to look at. You know, again, he, he came off and I think what was the 79th minute we said. So like, do you look at that and say like he's not the guy? I, I hope not. And I don't think Heath will. So I think we're gonna stick with the same, which I think is good. I think the trap has is gonna be a really good player once we get the whole system figured out. And the last question is from David Vinji, which is this is a pessimistic question, but I'm gonna ask it anyways so we can all make fun of how wrong David Vinji is. If we don't get a result this weekend in RSL or against RSL rather, uh, does the optimism come off or is it still early? I mean, wow. Wow. All right, negative Nancy. He calls himself Mr. Brightside, but he's more like Mr. Darkside. Yeah, downer David. Like, vindictive Vinji over here. Like, all right, look, look. uh, I know I can roast you a little bit because you're a good dude and we can just go ahead and, and, and you can take the joke, but, like, come on now. Okay, if we lose... If we lose against RSL, is that disappointing? Absolutely. It is disappointing. There are aspects of the team that have to build. And let's back up a little bit and think about Brian Schmetzer's criticisms from most of the MLS critics. They say that he can't put together a good regular season team. But the Seattle Sounders are either in the MLS Cup or winning the MLS Cup like every other year, like all the time. And so you don't ha- look. I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan. I'm gonna take it real quick to the NBA. I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan. Okay, we were the best team the last three years during the regular season, and every time we burned out of the playoffs. So it doesn't really matter what your team looks like in the regular season, unless you're going for the for the supporter shield, and that's great. I respect that. But I think we either need to get the supporter shield or the MLS Cup. And if we don't start off hot and we don't beat RSL, that doesn't mean that we can't build towards the end of the season and build towards the MLS Cup. That's how I feel. Yeah. David. David. Dave. Uh, yeah. I mean, he did ask it like, 
does some of the shine come off? Maybe some of the shine comes off. I'll, to be on Tassier's question, I'll say maybe a little bit does. He probably phrased it way nicer, and you just set him up <laughs> for such failure. That's so yeah. rude, Alex. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, if we lose to RSL and we're 0-2 going into whatever week three, I'm like, okay, well, but at the same time, it definitely is not panic mode or, or even there's not even that much shine rubbing off this thing. Maybe a little. It's like a it's like a new golf ball that you you hit once, you know. Sure, there's a little bit of shine off the off it, but she's still glistening. Uh, usually in the fair, you know, in you got to dig in that in creek. Weeds. You got to dig <laughs> yeah. in that creek. You got to find it, right? You, yeah. you dropped it into but the swamp. But it's still shiny. It's still it's shiny. Still there. But you get it out. You of there. wipe it off on your pants. You move yeah. along. You right. get that birdie. All exactly. right, doesn't matter. So if we lose to RSL. It's like a brand new golf ball hit into the woods. You're gonna find it, and it's gonna be just fine in the end. But right now, it's not looking great. Um, but I mean, and again, we say this a lot. Really, I never find my golf balls. Like literally, <laughs> I, the four or five times I've gone golfing, I cannot oh, find them. Dude, I stopped buying new golf balls because it's just pointless. Yeah, I'm, I'm team, I'm team. Yeah, woods ball, whatever I can dig up from a swamp, like in late, you know, early spring or, or late fall. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference either way. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'll like wash it like that's going to do something. Anyways, um, I think that, again, we talked about this. It's a long season. I mean, we could we could lose these next two months and still be fine. I mean, we've seen Seattle do it a number of times. So realistically, there's a long ways to go before any type of real panic sets in. They're masochists. At this point, they just do it on purpose. They yeah. just lose early in the season. Like, how close can we get to the end where we just lose and lose and lose and then we start winning all yeah. of a sudden? They just do it to like extend their vacation. They're like, I'm not going to come back till around June? June, Maybe? July. July. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. That's the last of the listener questions. Anything else in the next match? I feel like we usually end up talking kind of about our next match when we talk about our previous match. So when it comes to like predicting what's happening next, we've kind of already covered a lot of it. You know, hopefully we can get some healthy bodies. I think Debasi is, is number one um, with, with Nico or, or, or Ron. I think, you know, one of those two could help us on that left wing position being you know the immediate the immediate next step uh but even if nothing changes i still think we're going to be a very different team and and we could play the way we played on friday um and beat rsl so i'm really not concerned about it but i said that going into seattle and now look where we are yeah I look like an idiot i mean if if i'm emmanuel reynoso i am taking all of like my first paycheck off my dp money and i'm walking up to justin glad and i'm slipping him a little like one thousand dollar you know uh, stack of, of of bills or whatever, and I'm saying there's more of that over at Minnesota. Get your ass over there, right? Like get Justin Glad into this building, uh, ship Coleman off to Siberia FC, okay? And get him out of there. Let's get Justin Glad in the lineup. Uh, Debassi will get healthy. We'll get that rotation going. We'll be good as good as gold. You know what I mean? Um, other than that, no. I I think uh, we'll see what happens. I think there's no reason to panic. I really don't. I think we played a very good team, missing a lot of players. If people can get healthy this week, we'll do just fine. We'll beat RSL. We'll, we'll show that we are not a team that just rolls over. Um, it's a punch in the mouth, right? Seattle was a punch in the mouth. We learned from it, and that's good that we learned that stuff early. Uh, prediction and man of the match. Okay. Uh, prediction would be 2-0. Minnesota United wins, and man of the match is Emmanuel Nelso. But that's such a cop-out, easy answer. Well, it's so. hard to not pick him when you know it's going to be it. Um, so uh, I'm going to say Abila oh. is the man of the match because he scores both the goals. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say 4-0. 
I'm getting, I'm going, I think we're going to be so frustrated we're going to come out and just like take it out on RSL when they like, you know, they didn't do anything wrong. They were just RSL. Uh, and I think that it's going to be Reynoso because he's going to have like one goal and three assists or something crazy. So I hate to pick the easy option, but it's like if that's who's right, then I cannot pick the right answer. He's an easy answer because it, he's just always good. Yeah. What's your biggest, are you making any big changes to your fantasy this week? Other than trying to play someone who's actually going to play, um, I tried that. That's a good strategy. I, I put players. That's a bold move. I put players who are actually going to start and play for their teams. Um, Let's see how it pays off for them. We'll see. We'll see if I do well. Hopefully, I can actually get a W instead of a, a loss or a, a tie. But Alex, what are you? Yeah, do you do I'm doing. A, I'm doing a major overhaul. I think I'm rethinking how defenders work too. I feel like I I, I picked. Yeah, I'm, I got to think about the scoring. I think it's more the scoring that threw me off. Um, and I also picked goalies who were on good teams, thinking like they'd be less likely to get scored on. But now I'm realizing like if they don't get the chance to save anything, then I don't think that that makes them any better. So I'm gonna rethink that. Someone, someone who's gonna get a lot of shots, but not a lot of goals. Um, Which let's give a quick shout out to uh, yeah, do it. Yeah, Taylor Love Us, heart shaped boxall. Great name, by the way. That's a great name. Yeah, uh, he's in top spot. Uh, Zach Murphy is in second. And uh, oh, well, Nicholas Bisbee's in third. We don't want to give him too much credit. Or his, he didn't have a single explode. defender play. Did you look at his roster? <laughs> no, I think every I single one of his defenders was out. He may have had one, and somehow he still like pulled himself up to fourth place, whatever. Oh, because um, he made Barich his captain, which right. like great choice. That's great choice. Captains, if you're captains, are the way to win. Doubling your points, that's huge. So, but again, it's kind of a crapshoot. You never know. Like you know. Yeah, a lot, uh, lot of solid choices um, from some of the guys in the top couple of spots. And, of course, you and I are towards the middle bottom, so it is what it is. I was dead last for a, a, a large chunk of the weekend, so I'm happy to claw my way back up to, like, fourth from the bottom. Uh, I'll take it. It's all that redemption, baby. All right, well, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. We love it. We're looking forward to the next week of Fantasy and MLS Soccer. Um, once again, we're going to be those guys and ask, uh, if you could do us the most genuine favor and like and rate our stuff on Apple Podcasts, that makes a big, big difference. We've been told. I don't know how algorithms work, but apparently people say algorithms do the, the thing and they make us good uh, or whatever. Um, I'm sure that's what they say. Also, we're going to try to get you guys some stickers. Um, I saw that that was very popular. I know Alex will be at some games. He'll be handing out some stickers. You got to find Alex. Yeah, I'll wear like a, I'll wear like a Waldo costume, and then you guys can like figure <laughs> out where I'm at. Uh, I'll He's going to be, gonna be running game. around the stadium the whole time. Yeah, I'll be at the Austin game, and I'll have a few on me. Uh, I think I'm just going to try and take some on me every time I go out, and just you know give a few of them out. You know, slap on your water bottle and plug the show when people ask. That's your that's your homework. Awesome. All right. Cool. Um, and we'll, then uh, people who are far away, we'll we'll figure out a way to get them for you. Um, but thank you for being interested in our podcast, and thank you for listening. And go loons, go loons. <laughs> <laughs>